and welcome to 8Tracks, a show where we look at 8Tracks that share a theme. This week's theme is Joyous Jam. As always, we want you to follow along with the playlist in the description. That's either on Spotify and YouTube, you can listen to all the songs as we say, or before. We don't care, we just want you to have heard them. I'm joined this week by Katie, as ever. I was going to say, same as it ever was, you know. Same as it ever was. That's not on this list. That's not on this list, but it could have been. It could have been. It's a it great song. Been. It's a fucking great song. How are you doing anyway? I'm alright, how are you? I'm alright. How's life treating? I'm alright, how about you? Aye. Oh, oh, you're just mirroring today. Mirroring what? Mirroring who? Just, just like, just serve, it back. serve I'm return, back. serve return. Yeah, I'm Serena Williams, bitch. Oh. If you're Serena Williams, I'm Naomi Osaka. The you're, new you're good not shit. Pretty enough. No, <laughs> you're really, not pretty really enough. Not. Jesus. This week we wanted to pick a podcast full of songs that make us happy because this second lockdown is dragging the arse out of it. It's all about. Are we shite. still on the second? I thought we were on the third. It feels like the fifth, but it is still the second. We are all doing as fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't think the winter weather's helping. So let's listen to some music. Let's be happy. Yeah, let's be some shiny happy people. Katie, would you like to introduce your first song? Yep. Sure. My first pick is I Hate Myself and I Want to Die by Nirvana. <laughs> it's Territorial Pissings by Nirvana. Is that Territorial Pissings? No, no. no I Hate Myself and I Want to Die is a Nirvana yeah. song, isn't it? It's just like, uh, Pretty Pretty Please Kill Me by Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, my first pick is Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Don't know if you'd caught that. Don't know if you'd caught that. Track That was R.E.M. with Shiny Happy People. That song fucking exudes joy, if you ask me. Right, okay. I know that song's probably about, like, anti-capitalism or fucking bombing Hiroshima or something that... Aye, because it's R.E.M. Because it's R.E.M., isn't it, right? So... I I do think it is, actually... I can't can't remember, but I think it's some sort of allegory for anti-capitalist yeah stuff. probably because it's REM Aye. right so it's not actually going to be a happy song no but it sounds really happy it's an absolute pop and the yeah. video is like exuberant like I, I keep saying exuberant I don't know why it's just stuck in my head today because it's exuberant but... it is though but like it's so colourful the video and that and yeah. like that fucking stupid dance they're doing that fucking hands that out hands in hands out yeah it's just like, you know, it's, it's goofy, it's silly. Weirdly enough, they fucking hate that song. That's the one song that they've done that they cannot fucking stand. I wouldn't be surprised. Right, they like Stand, but mm-hmm. they don't like this. I don't know the song Stand. Stand in the place Where that you, you live. live. Yeah, yeah I like that song. song. It's a bad song. I, I personally don't like that song. Oh. But, aye. And they, so they, they're happy with that level right, of goofy, okay. but shiny happy people they see as... Just overly saccharine. Hmm. Well, it's because it's saccharine. I it don't is, really... but, but, like, that's the point. Like, I, I don't really see the issue with that. Yeah, but right, this is all. Oh, that sound you just heard was me climbing on my hat on my soapbox, right? Oh, there you go. It's just pop music, and there's nothing wrong with pop music. Don't lift your hand like you've got something to do. I'm on my soapbox. Put the hand down. It's just happy, clappy pop music, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be. A fucking masterwork every time. Not every article's going to win a Pulitzer. Now you've stopped your filibuster. Michael Stipe does have an issue with believing everything he puts out, or all of them actually, because mm. I, I haven't. I've heard them all being interviewed, yeah. especially because of uh, Are You Talking REM Remy, a very good podcast. But they all came across as quite uh, 
specifically in terms of their own output, really quite pretentious. Like they seem quite grounded yeah. in terms of other things, but they seem to think that every single song that they created needed to change the world. And I don't think they d- it does. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes but that, that's could... a that's a mindset. Sorry, I didn't mean to right. interrupt you. That's a mindset. That's what that is. That's like it's like when you start out. Obviously, we're journalists. It's like when you start out and you think every article's got to win a Pulitzer. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Some articles just have to fill inches on a column, mm-hmm. right? Everything you write is not going to be a Pulitzer. Every no. song you put out is not going to win a Grammy if that's your standard of, you know, I, I, success or whatever. I think it was partially because its political message wasn't quite as overt or isn't yeah. quite as strong as the others. They just weren't happy with it. Right, I think it's a load of shite. I think it's a, it's a great song. Musically, it's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I love the video. Where, yeah. You know, like even the bits where it slows down and goes back to the, like the little orchestrated bits. I love that. That's my favourite bit of the song. But like with the old boy on the bike pushing yeah. it and he's like taking a wee break when it does it in the middle and stuff yeah. like that. And then, you know, the good Peter Buck guitar line kicks in. I love uh, Kate Pearson, uh, sorry, Kate Pearson yes, from, uh, from B-52's yep. contribution. Because I thought you were going to pick a B-52 song for this I was going to pick Love Shack, but I decided against it. <laughs> Fair play, couldn't have too much Kate Pearson on the one No, list. it's just because that's my karaoke song and it just made me upset that I couldn't do karaoke. Because <laughs> everyone knows that see that bit where she goes, Love Shack. Like, uh, I will fill up a whole karaoke room with, that, <laughs> with the sound of me doing that. I love the way the chorus comes in and rounds. Mm-hmm. So it starts with Mike Mills going, shiny, happy people holding. And then Kate Pearson yeah. and then Mike Stipe all coming in. It's such a clever little way. Oh, Mike Stipe. Oh, your friends with Michael Stipe. Uh, oh, your Mike. Oh, your first name well, I, called, I called him Mike Mills as well, so. I don't know Mike Mills, though. I know Michael Stipe. Is Michael Stipe? Mike Stipe. Staple. Staple Tower. I dislike how intensely, like, on the level you think you are with R.E.M. It's fucking R.E.M. I know. I think the video is like nice and colourful. Mm-hmm. Everybody's shiny and happy. They're all yes. doing a fucking stupid dance. What's you know? What's better than that? Absolutely. Fucking Michael Stipe doing jump, fucking pogo in the spot and moving his arms in and out like he's trying to fucking breaststroke. Oh, so now he's Michael Staple, so now you're not best friends with Mike Stipe. <laughs> no. Mike Stipe from R.E.M. Friendship. Mike Stipe, your best friend from R.E.M. Friendship has ended with Michael Stipe. <laughs> Friendship with fucking Mike Mills resumed. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I, I like R.E.M.'s music quite mm-hmm. a lot. I think they're one of the bands I never want to meet. Because yeah. they all seem like, apart from the drummer who mm-hmm. quit before they all finished, uh, because he, he just wanted to... Like, have a wee farm. Mm-hmm. That was it. So he just left. They just... There's something inherently about R.E.M. that kind of just annoys me a bit. Right, just a wee bit. Yeah, just like... I love I love a band with a message, right? Love mm-hmm. it. Love a band with a message. Love a, love a moment of political, you know, up here observation Aye. thinking, right? It's the same... See, when Radiohead, when you try and talk to them about how they shouldn't play Israel and they just go, fuck off. Mm. It's like when you say... Michael Stipe, do you have anything to talk about that isn't it about saving wheels? And then he just goes back to sticking his dick in a wheel's blowhole. <laughs> like, proverbially speaking, I'm not saying Michael Stipe fucks, fucks wheels. wheels. no. No, that's alleged. That's an alleged remark then. It's no, very that. Like, I can see where you're coming from, though, because it's like, pretentious message rock band. You two are up here. Oh, They're up the fucking God, sky don't. high. Because Bono is, in the words of Henry Rollins... When it's coming from Bono, it feels fairly plastic coming from someone who seems so sincere. Yes, yes. Henry Rollins once again saves the day with I think, a good quote. I think that's right. I think I'm slightly misquoting that. It sounds like some Henry Rollins would say, doesn't it? He said it on uh, 
a British TV show. I can't remember. It was probably like fucking what was that one on Channel Four? No, it was it was Pop a, World. <laughs> no, it wasn't Pop World. It was uh, Sunday in the morning. Um, oh, right. It was a comedian, not uh, Frank. CD UK. Not Frank Skinner, but alive and kicking. It was alive and kicking, wasn't it? I think. No, it wasn't alive and kicking. It wasn't alive. I'm kicking. just saying British you, TV you're shows. You're just saying morning of. shows. Names I am. Now. Yes. I think REM do errands that have been too pretentious. Yeah. But great song. Yeah. It flows really nicely. Beautifully. And it's just bouncy and it's happy and then it slows down. It doesn't make you get tired of that yes. same kind of bounce to it as well. It's a very clever, you know, yeah. trick going to a kind of slow part in the middle just to yeah. kind of ease you back into it so you don't get tired of the same stuff. Yeah. But apparently, alleged whale shagger, Mike Snipe, <laughs> as you know him, doesn't like it very much. No, they all fucking hate it. And they'll never reform, apparently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they said they'll... But it's very unlikely they're ever going to get back together. Although three of them played together last year. Oh, was it just EM? <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> and on that terrible fucking joke, we'll move on to my first pick. This is someone who's worked with Big Mike Stipe mm-hmm. on a fantastic, on a fantastic song, but it's not that song. This is a much happier song than that. It is Loud Like Love by Placebo. My good friend Brian Malko there. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Big B Rye. Big B Rye in the house <laughs> with Loud Like Love. And his, uh, I don't know if you've heard of that band that he's in called Pussy, but I don't know if we've even mentioned them before. I love Pussy. Ah, they're so I love fucking Placebo good. So much. And that song is a fucking anthem. And I was yeah. thinking, like, when I came up with the idea for the list, songs that make you happy, I wanted to talk specifically about the last pick I've got for today. But. I was trying to think of other songs, you know, what songs, you know, lift me up. I can't not scream every word to that song. Yeah, I have a a real problem with not... Yeah, that and Rob the Bank off the same album. Yeah, that's... I like, right, that album is the most recent one. I know you're not the biggest fan of it. It's... Uh It's it's not. It's not my favorite. It's. I think it was a very safe option for placebo, mm-hmm. and I I like when they at least try and be a bit different, like the transition from like sleeping with ghosts to meds, and you know. or like you know from black market music to sleeping ghosts even. Absolutely. Or from placebo to without you, I'm nothing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the second I, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Sorry, it. I always forget. What no, that no, it's called. okay. That's why I'm here. I actually really like that album. I think the album's got not got a bad song on it. Yeah. Like, the entire thing is so well put out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the... Sorry, I don't think the album's bad. No, no, no. I just think it's middling. I don't... I disagree. Yeah. I think it's really good, and it's yeah. such a step up from Battle for the Sun. It's unbelievable, because I tried to listen to Battle for the Sun the other day, because I was like, maybe yeah. I'm giving that album a hard time. It's got, like, two songs it's I liked on it. It's just not a good placebo album. It's not, and it doesn't have these big Brian Malko hooks that... Loud Like Love as an album has yeah. through every single fucking song. Yeah. Including My Computer Thinks I'm Gay. My Computer Thinks I'm Gay. I threw that piece of junk away on the Sean's Delize as I was walking home. The best intro to a song I've ever fucking yes. heard. See when that when we went to see Placebo at the Asher Hall uh, and that we piano like do, 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 do. and the two of us just looked at each other and went My Computer yeah, Thinks I'm Gay. gay. <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> But I, I just find Loud Like Love is like the most uplifting song and it is. It feels like a proper like celebration, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like we're all different. Yeah. It's, it encapsulates what placebo is to me. Yeah. In a song. Absolutely. And like positivity about our differences, you know, in gender, sexuality, whatever. We are all 
yeah, why because we like love. Placebo are the official band of the bisexuals. Yeah. I, it's it's just a fantastic song. Like I love the guitar. Yeah. That, that you know dun 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 dun. That's such a good hook. Yeah. Good riff. Uh, that like leads you in. Mm. I just get very excited about that song. Okay, let's play a game. Okay. Called Six Degrees of Separation. Okay. Right. Okay. So that song mm-hmm. and that album was recorded at R.E.K. Studios mm. in London. Yes. Right. What else was recorded there? Uh, Dancing with Tears in Their Eyes by Midge. Oh, you're so fucking close! <laughs> no, no, right, let me go through the list. So, Notable Songs in a Big Country by Big Country, okay. another song I could have picked for this list. Mm. Because sometimes in a big country, dreams do stay with you, <laughs> like a lover's voice on the mountainside. <laughs> Fairy Tale in New York by the Pogues, right? Big Mouth Strikes Again by the Smiths. Oh, that's a tune. This means nothing to me. <laughs> ah, Vienna. Ah, Vienna. Is this coat still there? And who's who's my who's my, my great uncle? Is this a humble brag, Katie? It's my uh, no, it's not a humble brag. It's not. For it to be a humble brag, it has to be a brag, and I'm no brag, and I'm simply stating a fact because it's not something my family are particularly proud of. <laughs> the uncle like, Midge is there in his fucking stupid coat. Yeah, it's just see him at parties, you know, no, family gatherings. He's like, he's got a fucking coat on. No, again. I've spent my entire life being haunted by the song Vienna. I I've spent my entire like this comes on and people walk up to me with their hands outstretched like. Does this mean nothing to you, Katie? And I'm like, honestly, yes. Yes, it does. No, I'm dancing with tears in my eyes. <laughs> if I was a sculptor, I'd sculpt my way the fuck out of here. That's a great line in that song, isn't it? I'd sculpt my way the fuck out of here. <laughs> Listen, it's, yeah, it's it's that your family flair. Oh, God, for yeah. the For the artistic. For the dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. I like love is so anthemic, and it is... It's just an encapsulation of placebo. I love it. I yeah. love it. And, you know, I'm so excited for their new album, whenever the fuck that drops, because I know it's yeah. been mixed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or it has been yeah. being mixed for like a year now. Yeah. So I hope they drop it. I hope we get to see them. I think they're probably waiting on it, like everything open back up so they can tour for it. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what a lot of folk are doing at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That aren't Mogwai begging Ricky Gervais to share their album on fucking Twitter. Shady Lawrence, please help us get to number one. I know. The, Go inside. The, the giant that is Shady Lawrence. Yeah, the Jesus <laughs> Lawrence Genie. I know, fucking hell. <laughs> Oh, that makes me can we talk about that? Can we can we talk about that for a second? Because I think that's really shitty that they're trying to capitalise on other people's like recently found like huge success and yeah. stardom. Because Lawrence Chaney's obviously doing very well in Drag Race UK, and I feel like it's really shitty of a massive band like Mogwai who are cooler than thou, like three hundred and sixty four days yep. a year. If it, well, usually three six five. Apparently, not that fucking day <laughs> or week. It's a leap year. God, it's not. But like, imagine right. where. <laughs> And just begging for attention off of like actual rockets as well, like Ricky Gervais. That was yeah. just. I really liked their new album. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but that really put me off them. I mean, it's just it's like that to me. Like you spend maybe that is your goal. It's this. It's the same as what we were talking about earlier. Like not every article is going to win a Pulitzer, right? Aye. But like maybe your goal is to get a number one, right? Maybe you do think, oh, it'd be pretty cool to get like a fucking like instrumental post rock band to number one. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it would be pretty cool, but I don't want to have to spend, like, fucking a week of my life watching you beg Ricky Gervais. I know. Noted arsehole Ricky Gervais to retweet you so you can get to number one. I just, like, I've got no issue if that's what Mogwai want to do, if that's what they want to do. But mm. it's like, you, you can't think you're, like you said, hot shit the rest of the year, like, cooler than everyone, better than all that. And mm. then all of a sudden you've got an opportunity. 
Oh, aye. And it's like that. Every Everything's out the fucking window. Yeah. You're just begging on the, you know, for attention. Yeah. Like, and it's, I don't know. I, I do have an issue with that. I really, really it fucking felt do. A bit, it felt a bit forced to me. I did mute every single hashtag and every single member of Mogwai on Twitter for a week just so I could get some peace from it. I'll be honest as well. Like, it'd be different if it was just like, please go and listen to her album. Yeah. They're asking you to buy it and buy it again and buy it again. I'm just like... In a, in a pandemic. In a global pandemic. I know. It feels tone deaf as fuck. Yeah. As someone who creates things, I really appreciate when anyone listens to anything that we do. Oh, yeah. And it seems that Mogwai three middle class boys who are work, uh, living or made a living off a of working class aesthetic yeah. really have lost touch with it. to me it seems like they're making music to make money yeah and while that is a valid career path I hope I never feel like that yeah I mean I, I, I have no horse in this race I've got no, none whatsoever because you know I sell my soul every day to get money from my writing like that's that's no but there's is. a difference between writing articles mm-hmm. and Begging people to buy your album on yeah. Twitter. Begging random celebrities to retweet you. It's it's just... Yeah, I think, to gently summarise, the whole thing was a bit of a ruddy. Aye, a bit I of a I think it was a bit ruddy. of a ruddy. Lost a lot of respect for them that day. Yeah. Like, I could... Because the, the next one was like... Because you know how one person does it, and then Aye. everyone does it. Like, the, the lassie who put Gorilla Glue in her hair. Aye. Then all of a sudden, everyone in the planet's putting Gorilla Glue in their hair, being like, it was a hoax! And all of a sudden, their hands are stuck to their hair. Like, the teens eating the Tide Pods on Aye, TikTok. Aye, yeah. that's the one. But, like, after Mogwai did it, Maximo Park tried to get their new album Aye. to number one. They managed to get it to number two. And I, do you know that we have a bit more kind of understanding of Maximo Park doing it? Mm hmm. A bit more underdog energy from them. Yeah, because they're not Mogwai, who are massive. And I've never yeah, ceased Max to have... Yeah, Park don't play the hydro. And I was going to say, they've never ceased to have a huge following. They're, you know, they're doing scores for movies. They, yeah. like, literally opened for The Cure the last time The Cure toured. The yeah. fucking Cure. I mean, so did The Twilight Sad, but that's... No, not... but, like, if we're being honest, The Twilight Sad opened for Mogwai, who opened for The Cure. Okay, you've got me there, yeah. Like, they are second build underneath The Cure. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah. Anyway, that's we've lost positivity for only two songs in. Placebo would never do bullshit like that. No, they, so, they, I, they would. They would. They'd just be a bit more quiet about it. No, I, yeah. I mean, and actually, you know what? I've less of an issue with that. See, if you were like asking your pals in the industry to do it, but you weren't doing it in public, oh, not send, a problem uh, in the slightest. Hold on, send a send a wee direct message. You I mean, send email. you send a wee direct Hi. message to Robert Smith. Hi, Rab. It's your good pal, me from Mogwai. Hi. Go and do as I think. Yeah, pick one of them. I don't give a fuck what their names are. I'm no Wikipedia. I don't <laughs> care. Would you maybe send a wee tweet and be like, "Please buy the Mogwai album." I'd be like, "I'll uh, send you a pint." Aye, that's cool as fuck, right? That's fine. No problem. No bother. But it's it's like out here begging Ricky Gervais. <laughs> We're out that. here in the year of our oh, Lord 2021 begging Ricky fucking Gervais. Hey, please, please uh, retweet our, our album. It's nearly number one. Ah, fuck off. And it was right. the, the tweet to launch Shane, just one more. The tweet to launch Shane as well was, like, as a fellow Scot. Oh, fuck off. And it's like that. No, please don't do this. Like, don't, don't do this. Don't. This is not, this is not kosher. Anyway, let's listen to There She Goes by the Lars. Which and is your third pack. My third pack. And just second calm. Pack. Second pack, excuse me. Third song, second pack. And just calm the fuck down. Yes. That was the last. That was There She Goes, right? 
Number one, don't like the fact that the Laz have an apostrophe in Laz because the song, who, like, who does it belong to? The, the Laz what? Maybe it's the she and there she goes. Yeah, but then theirs would belong to the Laz, not the she. So, it, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense like that when you talk about it like that, right? So I don't like the fact that Laz have an apostrophe in their name. Just, it, it's plural. There's multiple Laz. It doesn't belong to anyone. Let's move past it. Let's move by it. When I was a young youth, right, in the good old days, right, back in the day, I used to listen to XFM. Mm. Did you remember the XFM? I didn't listen to XFM. Oh, XFM. Katie, I was into metal music. Right, okay. So, I wasn't, right? I was a wee gimp. And I didn't have much on. So I listened to a lot of XFM. I mean, so sorry. Sorry to interrupt. But I know, um, where? I was also a wee gimp. <laughs> uh, I didn't have much on. I just liked fucking Black Sabbath. That yeah. was it. So. Exclusively. Exclusively. So, right? Oh, Lama God as well. Oh. It's okay. We got your help and you've moved past it by mm. it and through it. So. Jim Gellitly. We mm. loved a Jim Gellitly moment. Oh, he's the he's the lad that's doing... Um, the Gigs Leaf Theatre, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He does uh, a show on BBC Radio Scotland, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. Does, yeah. Julian Sinclair. We loved a Julian Sinclair moment. We especially loved a Dominic Diamond moment. Oh, oh is he not maybe a prick? Dunno. Don't know. All I know is that I want a black bag full of VHS tapes off him for being able to recognise the last thirteen seconds of the song Friday I'm in Love by the Cure. Wow. Yeah. It was oh. a no. It was a bag of CDs and um, and VHS tapes, and one of the VHS tapes in it was Dart's first album, nice. and that's how I fell in love with math rock. Nice. It was a big moment for me, right? It was very good. We liked it anyway. This was a staple on XFM every morning on the way to school. A wee bit of there she goes, mm. and it would perk me up a bit, mm. considering that going to school sucks. Yeah. Everything sucks. Life sucks. Life sucks. I know. She left me roses by the stairs. <laughs> Surprises, let <laughs> me know she cares. This work sucks. I hate to be that guy. Hi, Editing Jamie, it's Katie. <laughs> Cut that shit. Cut it, please. I'm begging you. It's not happening. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, anyway, I think that song's really happy. I think it's really like nice and mm. just... It's kind of sing-songy, it's Britpoppy without being like Oasis wankery. I was going to say, I'm surprised you picked that because you're not a Britpop fan in a slight That's not true, I like, I like Blur. I like Blur a lot. Mm-hmm. And you don't mind Ocean Colour scene? Are you kidding me? I love Ocean Colour scene. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say. I fucking love Ocean Colour scene. I'm Ocean Colour scene loyal, right? Mm. But I do think that song's just a wee bit beautiful. I think it's, it's a, a good song. Yeah. Again, it was on 4th one all the time. Uh, Fourth one had a weirder mix. It wasn't always just chart stuff with fourth one going on the way to school. They oh, no. Because they have a throwback hour mm. at 10 a.m. Mm. So, like, you, you know, you would hear quite a lot of yeah. fucking older stuff. No, we'd be listening to real radio on oh, the way God. to school. And my sister would be, like, turning it up because Castles in the Sky was on it's or something. Tune. Yeah, it's a banger. I know that now, but at the time I was like, oh, my God, don't play that. It's not real music. It doesn't have a guitar in it. There's... Oh, my God, it's not real music. It's not There She Goes by the Laz. It's not. It's not Time Is Running Out by Muse, the best song ever written. <laughs> did you actually think that? Yeah, of course I did. I uh, prefaced that earlier by saying so I was a vegan. <laughs> is, that, is that the line? I won't that let you bury it. It's running the, the face you're pulling make me so... Like, I, I've never been less attracted to you. That's because that's what Matt Berry... Lo- not Matt Berry. Matt, Matt Berry. Matt, Matt Bellamy. Matt Bellamy. That cunt, that's what he looks like. 
Yeah, the second worst mistake Kate Hudson ever made. <laughs> fucking hell, what's the first one? <laughs> music, the film, the Sia film, music. Oh god, oh fucking hell. Aye. That's pretty high up there, aye. Uh, yeah, no, I like that song. Yeah. It's fairly classic. It's, yeah. And it, again, played to death on the radio, but yeah. but I'm still not tired of it. No, because so, it's, it's, so, it's less than three minutes long. That's it. it do, you know, it doesn't does overstay. Does it overstay welcome? I do... I like the guitar is like really good. Mm-hmm. It's nice and chorusy. That that riff that is a really good hook into that song. I mean, like to be honest, you know, if you're hanging out with folk back in the day and you know they picked up a guitar, mm-hmm. that was probably one of the things they would play. Oh, yeah. Along with fucking nothing else matters by Metallica. Unless you were there with me and you got seventy four seventy five. I'd rather hear seventy four seventy five. That's a good song. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking, I never even heard that until I was much older. Oh, really? Song. Yeah. That was no. one of the first songs I ever liked to play on the guitar. Do I think of actual like, actual songs-wise? I don't know for me. Because I, I went through it through school, so I had to do all the fucking rock school oh. books and stuff like that. I didn't. I had a guitar like, teacher, and, and he was, yeah. Green Sleeves. Oh. Wish You Were Here was one of the first ones I ever liked. Oh, really? Actually, yeah, by Pink Floyd. Oh, And no. that's still a good song, so <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. No, my guitar teacher would just be like, what song do you want to learn how to play? Yeah, and I said Wish You Were yeah. Here on my... Oh, right, Because okay. <laughs> I had private lessons and oh, school right, lessons. Oh, right, right, I, I do like There She Goes. Yeah, it's a nice wee song. It's just a... And I just can't die. I do like that he does that kind of thing where he kind of rasps his voice up. For that second, he puts it through his nose. Ah, he nas- like goes proper nasal, yeah. and he does. And I just can't contain. The, he adds the, bit, the, music, the, the it's all coming out there. He adds a bit of gravel to it in his throat yeah. as well when he's doing that because he's singing very sweetly for the rest of the song. And I do, I do like that. It's clever use of dynamics yeah. and like you know vocal technique. Mm. Ooh, oh, making it sound fancy now. Mm. But it is one of these like songs that. You wish you wrote as a like a songwriter because do you know how much money that fucking make? Mogwai oh. wish they wrote that <laughs> because that makes all the fucking money. Because how many adverts has that oh, been on? I was just how many fucking that. like you know like compilation CDs has that been on? Yeah, it's like how Craig Nichols from the Vines never needs to write another song because he wrote Get Free and Write. Aye, aye that's it. And that's it because it was an Apple commercial. Aye, that's it. There you go. Bye. Well, I was going to say it's the same with Gang of Four, but I don't think Gang of Four were writing music. To. No. <laughs> That's my, my favourite. That was actually kind of what introduced me to Gang of Four. Yeah. Was there was an Apple, I'm fairly sure it was an old Apple advert that has uh, damaged goods on it. Oh, really? Aye. Because oh. it just sounded like the indie rock that was in vogue at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, while Entertainment was a very edgy album in the 80s, uh-huh. by the time Arctic Monkeys and that were coming about yeah. in like 2006, yeah. it was kind of like the fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah so to speak um, a la mode as it were yeah and yeah I'm fairly sure Damage Goods was on it oh there you go just the guitar I think mm. that burner nah, nah, nah. anyway I'll stop doing impressions of instruments that's all this podcast does it's me going like a fucking human robot guitar speaking of human robot guitars my next pick is Dance Hall Days by Wang Chung's <laughs> I'll try that again try that again <laughs> my next pick is Nostalgic Favourite Dance Holidays by Wang Chung. Track four. So that was Dance Holidays by Wang Chung, and I'm joined right now by Cornholio, apparently. <laughs> oh, my t shirt up over my head, and I'm asking for TP for my bungalow. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Are you just doing that because we picked very dated songs for our joyous jam? Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was, yeah, Dance Holidays by Wang Chung. Yes. A song 
pretty much about nostalgia mm-hmm. in the same vein that you see stuff like Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey yeah. trying to ape today but I think this is one of the most successful capitalizations on nostalgia I've ever felt I, I've mm. never heard a song that feels so nostalgic quite like this mm-hmm. even from the first time I heard it okay which I, I have quite strong fond memories associated with this song because back when we started uni and I just moved in with Cameron and uh, Joanna was uh, still kicking about quite a lot at that point mm-hmm. as well before she moved away. We were all hanging out a lot mm-hmm. and the song would inevitably come on at some point in the night. Yes. And it was just like, this is like a really nice period in my life and I, I could feel it. Yeah. And like, so this song like added to it and now it's like forever associated with it and that and Smell You Dick uh, are like- Of course. Of, kind of, you know, merged into that one period of my life. But that, you know, like, even like looking at the video, it's all like, you know, Norman Rockwell-esque mm-hmm. for, you know, images of America and it's quote-unquote heyday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I feel like production-wise and instrumentation and even in like the lyricism, mm-hmm. it really captures that nostalgia nicely. Sure. Sorry, I just went on a big rant about nostalgia. It's okay, I just had a big rant about eggs in the game. <laughs> I think there's something like otherworldly about the production of that. I don't know I don't know how they managed to quite achieve that feeling. I mm-hmm. think it's like high end buried in the mix, like high end synth like buried in the mix. Sure, sure. To like keep that ethereal quality to it. Mm-hmm. I love the chorusy guitars as well, but like if you know me, You've I love it. You've spoken a, about that. I love a chorusy yep. guitar. It's probably my favourite guitar effect. Mm-hmm. Is you dr- like if you've ever heard anything I've ever written, like musically as well, it's drowning in fucking chorus because that's just how I hear things. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the song, Katie? I'll tell you what I think, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think. Now, I've just seen the music video for this song there, right? And I tell you what makes me nostalgic. That fucking quasi-turtleneck the boy I was going to say, that fucking... Because, like, right, the boy looks like a fanny... He's yes. wearing a big fucking argyle. Yeah, but it's like, oh, it's cosy. She's cosy. She's having a cosy moment. Big but it's cosy like, argyle. It's like the the turtleneck. Like, it's like a high neck, not a turtleneck. Comes Aye. up just under where his Adam's apple would be. Mm. And he's like, he's got it like tucked into his chinos. And he's Aye. like, oh, take your baby by Aye. the hand. <laughs> and you can see like this like neck just like, oh, just scraping away. And that makes me nostalgic for when my parents used to dress me. Aye. And I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to say they are, the whole band looked like total dicks yeah but, like they were quite a successful band in mm-hmm. the 80s do you know anything much about them I don't know anything them? about Wanker. you'll know you'll know one more song by them oh yeah it's on the Breakfast Club soundtrack Fire in the Twilight that oh! bit where they all dance in the hall in the button, yeah, yeah and they all do that kind of dance on the tables oh uh-huh, yeah yeah um, that's Wang Chung right so in America they were a much bigger deal than they were over yeah. here because yeah obviously their inspiration is Americana mm-hmm. as you can see by that video yes and by their lyricism mm-hmm. like it's all very your baby by the hand. that's the only bit I remember you can tell that but uh, you know uh, a baby you could do uh, a handstand I'm not doing a handstand you can fuck up I don't do like the lyrics the lyrics are questionable because there is a bit where he goes well it's like there's like sinister undertones to it I think that is trying to say like I think it's a clever commentary and nostalgia like it's mm-hmm. all this like kind of beautiful imagery but like you know in her eyes two sapphires bloom and she, you need her and she needs you but there's a point where he goes like take your baby by the ears play upon her darkest fears mm-hmm. and it's like that sinister undertone that you know yeah. of, like where it's buried you know nostalgic and bury mm. the kind of bad aspects and like yeah. the whole kind of you know dark shit yeah also i thought there was that lyric we were cool for christ which <laughs> no, no. you told me we you're cool. not cool for christ no it's, it's cool on craze i ah, think it right. is it, it sounded more like we were cool 
motherfuckers. And I was like, okay, right, well. Jesus, man. (laughs) This is definitely a moment, but like, go for it. If you're cool for Christ, you're cool for Christ. I don't know what accent he's affecting in that. He's he's, he's taking on like this weird, like quasi-English, like dance hall days you know yeah. that, way, like, that pure Fraser crane accent uh-huh, that um when britney spears goes yeah yeah what the fuck is that i don't know but i love it when britney spears does it oh yeah it's fun and i actually <laughs> like it nice but yeah i love the way where the chorus builds and the bass doubles up and it's like it's eighth notes throughout the uh bar so it really kind of it really makes a beat like really come in mm. like that dun 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 kind of suddenly kicks up mm-hmm. from the chorus like the verses sorry that are very kind of laid back and ethereal and airy sure. it just suddenly brings like a rigid rhythm to it mm. i think it's a really nice touch again so much synthesizers so many like kind of like strings and stuff it might just be ha- like string samples on synths but they're like buried in that mix yeah and there is like something about i kind of fall in love with the production mm-hmm. of these synth heavy kind of 80s mm-hmm. mixes because I'm just like, how the fuck do you come up with that? It's just not in my head. Yeah. So, anyway, I'll stop ranting about Wang Chung. Good, because shut the fuck up. It's we've time w- for my next pack. It's time for George Michael, baby. We've wanged. We've chunged. Now it's time. Now it's time. For to... Katie's next pick. Okay, right. So, first we had Wang in the dance hall. Mm. And now we're going to have George Michael with Wang getting caught cottaging. <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> This is Outside by George Michael. Okay, so that is the greatest ode to outdoor sex that has ever been written. Really is. Exhibitionism at its finest right there. So let's talk about the song Outside, right? Because our communist hero, George Michael, God rest his soul, got caught shagging outside right in a public bathroom in a public bathroom it was a cottage in that's called right it's yeah. when gay men go and solicit folk in bathrooms well we bit a cottage in mm. oh we bathed on in fun right so george michael gets outed because the beverly hills police find him in a toilet doing something with his dick right mm. i think i believe he was solicited by a police officer the police officer, you know, and then the police officer arrested him, right? Ah, oh, fuck cops. Eh? Exactly. So it was... It, so he decided to out the man. So he decided Cunt. he decided to out George Michael, right? So, one of the lines in that song, right? One of my favourite, you can hear it towards the end of the song. Now, George Michael was sentenced to community service mm-hmm. for that. In the song, he writes, I'd service the community, but I already have, you see. <laughs> He's a good lad. He, it, like... Despite that puby soul patch goatee he's got going on. Oh, 100%, but it was like 1998 or something like that. Something ridiculous, right? So there was a bit of an in for puby soul patches. I know, I can't do them. And I can't remember whether this is pre or post him driving into a snappy snaps. <laughs> which is another one of my favourite George Michaelisms. Mm. You know, member of the Young Communist Party frequently gave like watched this morning and mm. then just phoned people to give them loads of money so they could get their surgery or right. see their daughter or you know befriend their dog or whatever george mm. michael would be all over that shit drove into a snappy snaps i love it i love it I've got so he's a good boy but this song is really fucking uplifting to mm. me i like you watch me the whole time i was dinging i was dancing i was having a great time but I find that the additional layer of knowing this is George Michael taking control of his narrative as a gay man and saying, fuck you, fuck you, 
you you fucking entrapped me. Mm-hmm. You forced me to come out. You forced me to look everyone I didn't want to in the eye and say I was gay when I was not ready to fucking do that. Mm. And now to say big fuck you, I'm going to create a song and an accompanying music video where I dress like a Beverly Hills cop in a toilet which has been transformed into a disco. Yeah. Where loads of people are shagging outside. Fuck you. Mm. Fuck you. Fuck everything you stand for and fuck you. Like George Michael, something I really admire about George Michael is he took control of his own narrative. It's like a lot of people don't like Harry and Meghan Markle's, right? Mm-hmm. But fuck you, that's just them taking control of their narrative. If you're not in control about what's been said about you, mm. you have to do something about it. And that's what fucking George why, Michael did. Why is there so much discourse about them? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. But then, I, you know, we are We're against, the, yeah, against the royals anyway. Yeah. So, like, it does, it, literally, I don't give a fuck what no. they think. As long as they're not pedos, like the fucking rest of them. Yeah. Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I, oh, I don't apart from Prince Andrew he's a pedo but it's that it's that like can you imagine sitting there having all this private information about yourself being a private citizen Aye. and then you're outed by the fucking LAPD Aye, and they're cunts anyway uh-huh and you have you have to do something to take control of that so you look them in the eye and you write the song outside and you say I don't give a fuck hmm. you can make me serve as much community fucking service as you like I don't give a fuck I'm George Michael and I am shagging tonight Aye. and I'm doing it what I want so fuck you oh I've got, so, I've got so much time for George Michael I miss George Michael George Michael and Anthony Bourdain hmm. I miss them every day I'm not the biggest George Michael fan. I actually prefer George Michael's solo stuff to the Wham. Oh, yeah. And I, I like that. that song a lot. Mm. But then, like, a lot of George Michael's solo stuff is kind of dancier yeah, yeah. in itself. It's less reliant on 80s pop. And mm. it's more like, well, that, you know, that whole track was based over a disco beat. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, a nod to the queer culture that Absolutely. he came up in. And, like, it is just catchy. And it's yeah. good. And it's anthemic. I think when... But, like, you know, you if you go back to the first episode where you are shouting wham rap at me and I'm not having a great time. Absolutely. I feel like George Michael's solo stuff is far more serious mm-hmm. and I can take it far more seriously than I can yeah. take wham. Yeah. And I, I, I don't have any problem with wham. I think, but I just much prefer George Michael's solo stuff. Apart from his god-awful cover of True Faith. It's not a good song, but I will say, wham's kind of mid to early stuff suffers from the same kind of R.E.M., shiny happy people syndrome mm-hmm. like wham rap is as i said in episode one a song about how you shouldn't have to produce something in a thatcherites you know britain um. in order to have value club tropicana is about consumerism yeah all of these things it's very much like george michael like oh saying something serious but putting over a disco beat so you don't notice and you can dance to it it's just like say it like, yeah. I, that's, that's my issue if it's just like say it yeah. if you're going to say it say it yeah totally I think he he held his cards quite close to his chest though and I don't have a problem with that no. in the way that I have a problem with REM like because and like Radiohead like they pick one cause that they won't shut up about and then when you come at them with other things they've done wrong they go I know see mm. like George Michael I would, I, would, I would say REM have less of an issue with yeah, that yeah uh huh okay I was I, meaning Radiohead yeah so- <laughs> I was going to say I don't mean that's fair to REM yeah okay well I take that back then but George Michael very much like he didn't talk about these things as far as I'm aware like you know he he came from a, an immigrant family like he I think he was from Cyprus or his family were from Cyprus he was Cypriot mm. I'm not entirely sure but yeah, so, you know, he has all these kind of layers and he was like, okay, I'm keeping these layers to myself. One layer gets busted open by the LAPD and then he does his big fuck mm. you and that big fuck you is the song Outside. Yeah. And I fucking love it. It's 
I put it on in the car, I've got all the windows down, and mm. I'm screaming, yes, I have been bad out the windows. Aye. And I love it. It's fucking great. It, it is. is. It's just such a powerful song. Mm. A powerful song. It is. Right, let's change speed a bit. Mm. My next pick mm-hmm. is Nighttime Sky mm-hmm. by Nick13. That was Nighttime Sky by Nick13. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. So, what you might not know was when I was in high school, I was big into punk music as I am now. But then from that, I branched into Psychobilly specifically in sixth year, fifth and sixth year of high school. And I got really into country slash Psychobilly music. I'm less so into it now. But Nick13 was in a uh, Psychobilly band called Tiger Army, who I was literally fucking obsessed with. I used to walk about with a their symbol on a belt buckle to school, which was a tiger's face with bat wings because, you know, gotta be edgy, gotta be fucking emo. But I really liked their music. And, it, you know, it was basically punk music that incor- incorporated skiffle beats and double basses. And I was into bands like Necromantics and Horror Pops and stuff like that. So Nick13 then went on, uh, like, Tiger Army had a little hiatus and Nick13 did a solo album where he did a lot of Tiger Army songs in a country fashion and a couple of original numbers as well. So this was one of the original ones. It's not, the, the, you know, as overtly joyous as the rest of these songs in the lists. Like, you, you know, your George Michael one that you picked last was joyous because it was better and it was, you know, it was a reclamation. I think this is really hopeful. Mm. It's really just kind of... <sighs> It's tinged with melancholy, yes, but it is kind of uplifting in that way where, you know, things can get better. And for me, the album came out at a time in my life where I was incredibly depressed, very, very badly mentally ill and struggling with things. And the hope of change was keeping me going. And I remember, like, I was walking about quite a lot at night at that point on my own, coming back from guitar lessons or, like, going out and practicing places and stuff like that and it took me about like an hour to walk home and I would listen to like this album and songs like this and I would like stare at the moon and you know hope for things to get better and that time now has been coated with a layer of nostalgia so I, I have fond memories of it at the time it was difficult but it really is it was a really hopeful period in my life and I like that and that is a layer of joy that I think is important to acknowledge hmm. and talk about did it get better yeah it did i mean like i moved to glasgow i went to college you know i made new friends then i went to uni I, it was you know like my life changed what i'm sorry i'm sorry dear listeners so he goes through all those things and not once does he say the words i met you i mean you clearly quite think quite highly of yourself Okay, and that's the end of the podcast for this week. We're going to go and have a big fight. I mean, like, yeah, I went, I moved to cities, I went to college, and everything really changed for yeah. me. Um, I was still quite badly depressed, but at least, you know, there was a new city and, mm. you know, new experiences, and yeah. I could manage it better. I wasn't, didn't feel like I was stuck in a rut in a suburb of a city that I, at the time, and again, I don't particularly much enjoy. Mm-hmm. It was a period of transition in my life, and it was the beginning of that. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was nice. It Good. was nice, and everything opened up. 
I did eventually meet Katie, who's very nice. There we go. My God. She's a smashing personality. Oh my God, it's like pulling fucking teeth. (laughs) That's my least favourite thing. Can I tell the story? Am I allowed? Is it too long? No, no. I was at a comedy night trying to get built into somebody. Like you do when you go to a comedy night, you try to get built into somebody. And I was at the front. It wasn't me. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't you. This was long before you, I'm afraid, darling. And we were sitting in the front row of a show and uh, the comedian on stage turned to him and said to him, what's your favourite thing about Katie? And he looked at me and I thought, right, okay, this this could be good. This could be a beautiful moment in my life. And he said, her personality. It was like a moment of like sheer devastation and I was like, I just looked at him and I went, you couldn't even have said I've got smashing tits. You said my personality. My fucking person. That means nothing. Like, a personality has facets. That means fucking nothing. No, no. And that was when I knew I was going nowhere on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, like this song is it's from a period of time, yeah, of great change and great upheaval, mm. and it, it is hopeful. So, Katie, what do you think of the song, though? Okay, right. You know how I always say I wouldn't ask you to turn songs off? Would you ask me to turn that off? I really didn't like that. No. I, no, I don't... Right, I just don't like country music. I I like Johnny Cash. Yeah, me too. I love a wee bit of Dolly Parton. Like, yeah. oh, Miss Dolly, I love her. But I just don't like country music mm. where I don't like the sound of a slide guitar. Mm. It gets inside my ear and it starts to just... It, it does damage, mm. right? I don't particularly enjoy it. I would not... Enjoy listening to that song again, mm. I'm afraid. Even though it means so much to you. It means so much to you that I wouldn't ask you to turn it off. Mm. But if it came on in the shuffle, oh, I'd hit skip faster <laughs> than you ever knew. It was like, yeah, I think for me it's that air, that side of country that I can get into. Mm-hmm. So it's closer to Psychobilly, obviously, because he's from a Psychobilly band. I fucking hate Psychobilly, though. I know, I know you do. And it's closer to blues. A lot of the songs on his album are very blues-inspired. See, but I like blues. Yeah. Do you? Uh-huh. Like traditional blues. Because yes. I've never heard you like listen to or talk about that. I like the blues brothers. Okay, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> No, I do there's I, my dad likes the blues. Mm. My dad likes the blues and I, I grew up listening to a lot of you know, blues music in his car and stuff. Mm. And I I don't have a problem with blues music. I like it. Cause, see, because I came up listening to like Johnny Cash and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like my parents both quite like country. Yeah, and like I'm not the biggest fan of it, but like when it's traditional stuff, and this is, album is very rooted in traditionalism mm-hmm. in the country. So there is the bluesier aspect of country to it as yeah. well, and then there's the kind of spiritual aspect. Like, there's another song on it, like it's listed right there actually underneath this uh, called "Carry My Body Down," mm-hmm. which is pretty much a spiritual. And I can get behind country like that. I can't listen to fucking Keith Urban. I can't listen to fucking mm. modern country. I hate bro country. I've had two beers and I'm a wrangle some cows. No, mine's is mine's has got to be fucking depressing. I can't. Mm. It's it's not uplifting. Yeah. Like like again, like I said, this is uplifting, but it's in that kind of hopeful way. Yeah. It's still got a tinge of sadness yeah. to it, which I like. It's bittersweet. Oh, melancholy masterpieces as well. Oh God, it's not a melancholy masterpiece. Oh, but as though. Um, Alright, no, I, I I like that song. And Good. I, I, can, I know you don't like his voice either. No. I do quite a lot. I yeah. actually got introduced to Tiger Army because they did a song about the Lost Boys. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they have a song called uh, Santa Carla Twilight. Ah. Which I think the laser quest I worked in was named after a lyric from that song. Oh, really? Dark Ocean. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember the actual lyric in the song. There you go. Brighter than the Dark Ocean is the line in the song, so mm. maybe. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. Katie, please... Bring us back up to the full 
bouncy form for your last pick. All right, okay. This is another Douglas Campbell classic pick. This is Patrick Hernandez. Born to be alive. It's good to be alive. It is. And we were born to be alive, I think. Is that true? Born to be alive. What a fucking bop. That's eh? so good, right? So fucking good. That's so good. I dare you not to be dancing to that. The I whole hope, time we were at, we were moving. I hope that, that song got you shifting in your seats. Oh, 100%. Like, honestly, because that is some fucking... That is another Douglas Campbell classic yeah, tune. That loves high energy queer disco track. Right, now here's the thing. This came out in 1979 mm. before the advent of queer disco, mm. which happened around like kind of 83, 84. Mm. So while I would put it in the same ballpark as Male Stripper by Man to Man Makes Man Parish, classic jam also in one of our other lists, it hasn't had that kind of resurgence mm-hmm. that things like Man to Man and all that have. It definitely should. It deserves it. It's oh, better. 100%. I would say that's better than Oh, would you really? Male Stripper. Oh, I love Male Stripper. That's one of my favourite songs. I think this is really clever, but this reminds me of, like, who the guys that did the safety dance? Oh. Men, men Without Hats? My... Yeah, Men Without Hats. Yeah. Men Without Hats. It reminds me of Men Without Hats. It reminds mm. me of Devo. It's yeah, that kind 100%. of, you know, that weird kind of dance. Yes. Because it is strange. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Although, actually, you know, comparing it to someone like Devo, uh, speaking of which, we heard his insane cover of Head Like a Hole yesterday. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it seems relatively normal. Yes. Because it is, like, musically breaking it down, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. everything in it is fucking amazing. And yeah. It's like, it's perfectly timed. And, the like, bass in it? Aye. It's fucking superb. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because it's, it's disco. Like, that's yeah, a disco yeah. beat and it's got a good disco bass line. Yeah. And then that guitar riff kicks in that doodaloo, 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 doodaloo. It's so good. But see, at the end, mm, yeah, that yeah. big slide. Yeah, note. I was going to say that, that. That way where it brings down the end of the chorus with the slide, yeah. distorted slide. Because the guitar doing the riff and the whole thing is fairly clean. Originally, it was actually a hard rock song. Yeah, you can totally you can tell, tell that. Because that's tell. a banging riff, set of riffs right? there. It is absolutely, you add like, instead of you replace that bass, you distort it and mm-hmm. you have it doing triplet notes instead of like the, the single notes. If you uh-huh. had it going like, dun, 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 it would yeah. be like a fucking metal track and it'd be an absolute whale. I'd kill to see a thrash band cover that. So would I. I never thought I needed that, but now I do. Or like a punk band. You could see it. It would work. Yeah. It would totally work. I love it though. Like Patrick Hernandez, French guy, mm. born to a Spanish mother and Italian father. Mm. Like totally the European conglomerate <laughs> right there. Just absolutely. That song is fucking incredible. Mm. And it used to be like, so my, my dad would always have his iPod, right? Loved an iPod. Mm. And he'd load it up with his tunes. And he does this thing. Even does it now when we're listening to the radio at home. And he'll stop and he'll go, who sang that? Mm. But he wants it to be the most obscure song. Yeah, he does love that. So that he can, like, win. Mm. Big inverted, like, big speech marks. He's not got a competition with someone at his work. They're trying to, for the, uh, or try to come up with the most obscure one-hit wonders yes. from the 80s. Yes, Because he comes home and he asks me oh, what for got? obscure songs. Aye. He's like, what have you got? I'm, I want an obscure song from the 90s. What have you got? What have you got? And I'm like, oh, fuck, Ed. I can see he took Geronimo's Cadillac by yes. Modern Talking off me. Yes, he did. Like, so my dad loves to be the most obscure, the most unknown. And he's very, my dad's very straight-laced, like, very, 
you know. You like, couldn't see your dad listening to this. No, no. My, my dad, you know, he's not. He's not. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, he loves high energy disco. He loves disco music. Mm. He loves queer music. His mm. favourite musical is Rocky Horror mm. Picture Show. Like, which totally surprised me as a, as a youth. When my best friend and I were watching it on VHS in my living room and he burst into the living room singing Sweet Transvestite. Yeah. He kicked the living room door open and started screaming, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Yeah. And my dad also can't sing, so it's very <laughs> much like a... Yeah, it's, 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 it's a classic Doogie Campbell moment. I think it came from when he grew up in the kind of like alternative scene that he was into because a lot of people yeah. went from Alex Harvey to the, like, with this flamboyant style Absolutely. of like, you know, you know, glam to... Absolutely. Well, glam punk to kind of, you know, queer disco. Or totally. Like yeah, my dad, went, my dad went from Alex Harvey to New Romantic. Right. Because my mum and dad met in a bar in the West End of Glasgow and she remembers walking into the bar and seeing a guy in a leather jacket and motorcycle boots. And then when he turned around, he had a ruffled shirt on. <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, to put it coarsely, she was like, that one's mine. Aye. And yeah, like, my dad drove a motorcycle and, like, you know, he was a new romantic. And he sounds like he was probably pretty cool, apart from the fact that he did have a moustache, which has appeared on a number of photo fits for pedophiles <laughs> in, like, the last, like, maybe 20 to 30 years. Which, you know, he has since replaced with a beard and is looking considerably better. But yeah, no, the, like, this was one of the ones he put on. I distinctly remember, I don't know why I remember this, I was in the back of his car and he was playing this. And we were at the roundabout at Hag, like, I don't know why I know this. The roundabout at my house at, at, in near, like, Christon. Mm. And he stopped the car at the roundabout and nothing was coming. And he turned around and he pointed at me and he went, who sang this? Who sang this? Who sang And he wouldn't move the car until I said Patrick Hernandez. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> he wouldn't move the car. Well, now you know, you'll never forget it's Patrick Hernandez. No, I've Hernandez. never ever forgot it's Patrick Hernandez. But it's not a song you hear anywhere. Like, no, it's People not. don't know Born to be Alive. And no, that, I've never like, heard it until you played me. Oh, it. really? Like, okay all of my kind of like classic weird kind of like tunes that I enjoy come mm. from my dad every one of them 100% like I've never ever found a song that my dad's gone I don't know that mm. from like the kind of late 70s to maybe the very early 90s <laughs> that's his era though you know oh yeah but even now like dad goes out of his way to find strange music mm. and he loves it mm. like he when he found out that I got into Nine Inch Nails he was like well Johnny Cash's version of Heart is better. Like, he prides himself on knowing everything about music Aye. and being able to take you down with it. I mean, Trent Reznor agrees with that. Yeah, I know he does. <laughs> but, like, it was like it was that very, like, lean into the mic and goes, Johnny Cash's version's better, though, isn't it? It is. But you, you didn't know, fucking write it. <laughs> yeah, I know that, I know that. So, like, yeah, my, dad, my dad's got really cool taste in music. Really, mm. really cool. And he used to collect a lot of special edition records, mm. which were then promptly destroyed by his sister. I think he had this, the Born to Be Alive album. I'm mm. fairly sure he had that. And I'm I'm not 100% certain, but I think I've inherited it. Nice. At least the single of Born to Be Alive I definitely nice. have on a 12-inch vinyl, which nice. is cool. Well, that was an absolute bop. It was, yeah. It's a really happy song as well. Really, really happy song. Because you are born to be alive, baby. You are born to be alive. We're keeping up the pace with this last mm. pick. This whole list was envisioned because of this fucking song yeah we're going on a journey babe we are going to experience something together troops yeah it's Scatman's World by Scatman John (laughs) 
That was the euphoric Scatman's World by our Lord and Saviour Scatman John. This is Scatman's World and we're just living in it. Everybody's heard that song. Mm. Everybody's heard because like, it's memified. You know what I mean? So everybody's heard it as a kind of you know that at least that kind of jolly kind of aspect to it. And there's something very nostalgic about the production mm-hmm. of it as well. But when you actually, you know, listen to it hard, what he's saying, he is, like, fucking spitting. <laughs> like, the most, like, it's it's environmentally conscious, it's socially conscious, mm. it is utopian scat. Hell yeah. He is such a cool fucking guy. He was, sorry, he was such a cool guy. Gone too soon. Rest in power. Um, he died only a couple of years after this came out. Yeah. Um, 1998 I think or 1996 like that, yeah. before he could do another album but I, he was initially like a scat singer for a good you know famous for about 10-15 years maybe mm-hmm. 20 and then somebody was like here what about if you came to Germany and we put some Eurobeats under your scat and he was just like I cool and then the uh, scat man song you know um, I'm a scat man I'm a scat man I came out and that was a smash yep. and so he recorded this and he was just like instead of just you know like that has its moments of like mm-hmm. you know preaching in it like you know we're talking about REM with yep. their message songs this is overt you know yes. what I mean like he's literally saying like nah fuck fuck racism you better care about the fucking environment yep. you better fucking care about each other yep. it's all fucking great absolutely and I have a lot of love and a lot of joy that comes from fucking Eurohouse mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Acid House and Eurobeat music mm-hmm. from that time. Yeah. It is just so uplifting. Mm. And, you know, like there's moments of silliness because the scat singing is so out of place and so silly in yeah. that song. That fucking solo he does, the scat solo. It's like, don't get me wrong, it's very technically impressive, but like, you'll just sit there like, fucking yes. Yeah. Yes, mate, you go for it, big man. You scat away, John. You scat, you scat yourself, son. So, yeah, no, I just, I, I find like myself unable to hide a smile mm-hmm. from my face when that fucking comes on, because it is, it's just happy. And it's, it's all the goodness in the world. Yeah. Kind of, you know, personified in a song. Into Scatman's world. Into Scatman's world. Which you thought was, uh, you thought you said... Uh, Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. Uh, calling her from Scotland. Yeah. No, no, what I thought it was, he's got, uh, his album's called Welcome to Scatland. Aye. And I thought it, I was drunk, so I thought it said Welcome to Scotland. And I was like, no. No. <laughs> Scotland welcomes you. Call My it. scat brother. Calling out from party. <laughs> I'm calling, calling out, out from Mary. Hell. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, was, he was just such a cool guy. Um, yeah. And his music really took off in Japan. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely huge in Japan. Oh, no shit. Because um, they just love that kind yeah. of weird, like, especially that dancey weird music. Mm. I I just think it's great. What, what do you feel about Scatman's world? I like Scatman's world. I'd mm. like to live in Scatman's world. It sounds Me good. Too. I literally have the album on my phone yeah. for if I'm having a bad day and I'll stick that on. And you just scat. And I'm just like, fucking yes, that's yeah. me. I actually, like, we didn't, like, I kind of rediscovered this at, on New Year's Eve where, you know, we're all stuck inside as mm. well. And we were having a few and I actually threw my shoulder out fist pumping you to uh, Scatman's World. You woke up on the very first day of the year of our Lord 2021 like, with a sore shoe done, didn't I, really know why. I was just like, why the fuck does my shoulder hurt? And we're trying to work out. And I was just like, oh no, I was fist pumping really aggressively to Scatman's World. Sometimes you just got to do it, you know? Sometimes you just got to do it. 
I love that genre of music though. Like mm-hmm. that fucking let's weird Eurodance. Let's stick some Eurodance under a good hook. Yeah. Think of like Ride on Time yeah, and like oh. earlier or like, you know, What is Love by Haraway. Mm-hmm. All these people that were struggling to find success in other like yeah. genres and then suddenly found it, at least for one hit yeah, for a yeah, lot of them. Absolutely. With a Eurodance like underneath. Absolutely. It's just great. It's just happy, just It is the most joyous. It is. Very euphoric. Euphoric indeed. Absolutely. I imagine that's what it feels like to pass through your body and ascend. <laughs> Do you think Scatman didn't die? He actually got raptured. He's the only I, I one that think, got raptured. I think he was. And that's what he was hearing as he got raptured. Yeah. was ba bo be bo ba 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 bo Aye. The what? angels doth scat for Scatman. <laughs> Calling out to Scatman. Anyway... That's enough for this week. That is. I hope that our playlist has helped you feel a bit happier during this shit time. It was our aim for this one yes. to, to bring a wee bit of joy back to the... Cheer the people up. To cheer, cheer these miserable bastards up. Yeah. Next episode, our topic will be seamless transitions. We're talking songs that need to be together. They are together on an album and you can't listen to one without immediately going and listening to the next. So send us your picks for that on Twitter at 8 Tracks Podcast. Um, you can tell us your picks for this week on Twitter at the same at or in the comments for this video. Uh, there's no comments on Spotify. Comment on Acast though if Yay. you use Acast. Um, hope you are enjoying us if you've come and listened to us from Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you all have a good old time of it. Have a wonderful week and a pleasant tomorrow. Au revoir, mon chéri. Bye. Thank you.